Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Michael and I will share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael or myself or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, your co-hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Hi, and welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, July the 14th, 2016. Our calling number is 646. 200-4169, press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. We'd love to hear from you. Your questions and your comments make this your show. Welcome, Michael. Hello, Michael. Thank you, dear heart. My phone uh, didn't want to unmute. Welcome, everyone. We're honored, delighted that you're here to share this space with us. And this time as we pursue the understanding of the ancient Aramaic process of forgiveness. Powerful tool, powerful way to shift energy around in one's life. And, of course, in the craziness that's going on in our world today, it takes a tremendous amount of commitment to one's own internal process to keep from getting caught up in the hostility, the fear, the pain, the drama, and the trauma that's going on in the culture. Oftentimes we'll look at circumstances and situations, pardon me, And we'll proclaim to ourselves that those circumstances or situations are the cause of the way we feel, the way we think or act, and what's going on in us. And, of course, when one gives oneself that story, one's always telling oneself a lie. And one of the ideas of the process of forgiveness is to undo the lies that we've told ourselves, to to undo the hiding that we do behind our stories and come simply face-to-face with the truth about ourselves and to recognize that if there's an energy that I'm feeling the impact of, 
It's because that very energy is inside of me, and I have the opportunity to stay with that energy, or I have the opportunity to forgive, recognizing that forgiveness is a tool with which I reach inside myself and change the content of my own mind. It is not, as the world proclaims, a tool for letting other people off the hook for what's going on inside of us. So we're here to understand that tool, to apply that tool, and come face-to-face with the truth about how the world really works and what we're really here for. So we're honored and delighted that you're here to join with us and share with us today. And Jeannie, is Dr. Tim with us today? He is, and he's on. Well, then let's say hello and see how the young man be. That's a record. It is, isn't it? It's the record shortest intro ever. <laughs> we've been we've been on go here today with packing and moving our things around and getting ready to get on the road, so not much time spent in looking into where we're going to go today. I figured I'd, I'd let things fly and uh, let the questions that come in on the phone determine the uh, the direction we go. Well, that's always my preference, too. I... Uh... It's like I said a thing or two yesterday, and you said a thing or two yesterday, and then people called in and said that was just wonderful that, you know, you can recognize that you're never done and that people can be doing the work for a long time and still find good use of it. And um, I had somebody once again say, but I thought, you know, Michael doesn't ever get triggered, and I thought if you're enlightened, then you never have to use the tools and you never have to walk away from somebody who's negative. And and, uh, I just, I understand the desire to have a deity, somebody to put on a pedestal outside of yourself. I understand that. And I also see how that's led to so much violence and abuse and so many wars in in the world and and I just want people to try and tap into the idea that anytime I decide somebody else is above me or better than me what I'm doing is comparing their highlight reels to my outtakes and whenever I think I'm better than somebody else I'm comparing my highlight reels to their outtakes and in either occasion I'm going to do one of two things either let them off the hook or let me off the hook and I'm going to let somebody fail to take responsibility for the consequences of their actions. And the most powerful process for me is when I can step into realizing we're all the same. And if I'm triggered, the only good use of my focus of attention is inside myself. And I, I, it's hard for me to imagine being happier, more grateful than I am when I realize and I apply these tools and they have that effect in my life. And, um, and I was talking about doing some work yesterday morning and getting into, in touch with something that happened years ago and um and this morning upon waking 
I had a dream, and there isn't really any way to describe the dream. The closest I could come is to say that I was in, that in the dream I was enveloped in or exuding this energy that I guess the only close word to what this was like was would be you know a, um, explosive gratitude and and in the dream in in mixed form were several of the people that has been my great pleasure to have deep relationships with in my life so you know I see a lot of the stuff on the news and I routinely see people in my office and they come in and they're having deep anxiety and they think it's because of what they're hearing on the news and whether they're 24 years old or 94 years old I've seen both ages recently in my practice they they're all upset about the world going to hell and all of all these horrible things that are happening and my job is to help them focus and realize that yes those negative things are going on in the world and they are a tiny fraction of the good things going on in this world and the truth of that can be seen by the fact that we're still alive. We still have human beings. We still have people on a regular basis in high school and college starting up nonprofits to help others and donating their time and volunteering their time, their intelligence, their money, and their energy in church groups, in school projects, in creative projects like the teenager who came up with the design for a device to clean up the plastic in the oceans and that yes it's true there are a lot of negative things going on in the world and it's true that there are a hundred million times more positive things going on and I get to choose in each moment what I'm going to focus on and what I'm going to let resonate in me and whether or not I'm going to take full responsibility for what's resonated in me and do my part to make the world a better place by cleaning up everything that's less than love in my energy field. So that's my offering for today. That's awesome, Dr. Jim. And yes, I agree. And it seems like sometimes the negative like seems to overpower the positive, but it's just where we put our focus. So, Michael, are you back with us? Sweet offering, I am. Sweet offering, and, you know, even the, uh, to me, one of the big keys is, in each case, whether it's the wonderful things going on in the world or the traumatic things going on in the world, what do I bring to the party? You know, if I bring a pained and traumatized mind, then I'm the one who's got work to do. If I can bring a mind connected to love to a traumatic happening in the world, um, you know, perhaps that little bit of light that I can bring into the picture might be the thing that blows away the darkness for everybody around that issue. And as each mind recognizes that we stay connected to source, staying connected to that active presence of love within us, and bringing that to every party we attend, no matter how the world judges, 
you know, what the event is, the most terrible, the most wonderful, if I can continuously bring that active presence of love forward and bring it forward, then I'm making one of the greatest contributions that I can possibly make. And the the invitation is for everyone to bring that light forward in whatever's going on around us, within us, within our family systems. And, you know, it's 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 really sweet to hear back from people who call into the show and they're in trauma and pain and things that just seem unresolvable and then connect to the conversation here, connect to what Dr. Tim has to share, Jeannie has to share, what I have to share, and that they're empowered to bring light to the very circumstance in their lives that seems to be unresolvable. And all of a sudden, resolution starts to happen. It's the most amazing thing. So it's pretty cool. And our goal is to be here to hold that space of light for each of us whenever something less than that light comes forward and to share the tools that empower more and more and more people to be that space. And so, Jeannie, uh, if you've got anybody with a hand up in the phone queue or anything happening in the chat room, let's say hello. Well, in the chat room, uh, Lisa just confirmed, yes, she's coming to Heartland this summer. Uh, also, and we do have a I've caller. been trying to catch up with that girl. Maybe she can give me a shout after the show. Okay. <laughs> playing telephone Lisa, if you hear that, weeks. can you do that? <laughs> and um, just before I turn the caller on, just to uh, put the information out, that Michelle and I have, have finalized, I think, some plans. And so beginning on... Thursday, it's going to be a four-day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And that the dates on that, I thought I had the flyer open in front of me. I've been working on the schedule, the flyer, and the menus. Um, so it's going to be September the 15th, 16th, 17th, and 18th. And it's a women's retreat, women healing women. And so... Uh, I will have the flyer and the registration information, the price and all of that online within the next hour. And, Michelle, if you're listening, I'll also send it all to you in an email. And the final date is August 25th to do a sign-up. That's when we will make the determination if we have enough. It's going to be a limited space, but uh, August 25th will be the determining date of whether it's absolutely going to happen or not. I'm saving off buying my airline ticket until that day. So all of that information will be online within the hour after the show. Cool. So, awesome. yeah. Sweetie, why don't you give us just a, you know, maybe a two- or three-minute thumbnail of what that four-day uh, intensive for women would look like, how it, how it unfolds, what, uh, what happens, what are okay. people going to learn, what will be their takeaway? So um, it will begin on Thursday night, of course, with an opening class and, uh, you know, three early memories of conflict, and we'll discuss some of that. We'll also go over introductions, you know, everybody getting to know each other. Uh, we'll have, you know, the next day then we'll start with breakfast, and then we have three classes that day, a morning, afternoon, and an evening. There'll be, uh, we'll discuss what the healing process looks like. We'll talk about dissociation and disassociation, the file folder effect, triggers, uh, how chemicals and hormones um, 
quote unquote uh, impact in our body, we'll do the forgiveness wake up sheet, which is the key tool uh, for releasing all of the dramas and traumas that we've held on to. We look at how the mental, the mind, body, the spirit, Everything is all tied together, and what impacts one impacts the other. And you can't just, you know, if you have some kind of physical thing going on, you can't just do physical stuff to try to take care of it. You have to look at what is the emotional, mental thing that is behind it that's manifesting in the physical. So we'll talk about that. We'll do the wake-up sheet. We have a couple of exercises. I use a lot of props. We'll talk about codependence to interdependence and the power person and stress and then we'll assign mind shifters on Friday night. Saturday we will breathe. So we'll have everybody will be partnered. And so after breakfast, a light breakfast, then we will process, you know, what came up for people in the mind shifters and do questions and answers about the forgiveness worksheet and the healing process and all the things that we did the day before. And then we'll breathe the first half of the group. So everybody gets to experience both sides being a breather and also facilitating a breather. So there'll actually be a group that can work together then after the intensive. And then we'll process, we'll stop for a light lunch, then we'll breathe the second half of the group, and then we'll also process again. Then we have an evening class. And uh, then on Sunday we have a closure class that ends with what I call an angel wash. So that's kind of the schedule that I have laid out. And, of course, intensives are always live. So when uh, people, you know, are there, it just moves. It may go in a totally different direction. But that's what's planned. So we'll see how it all comes together. Sweet. Sounds like it's going to be a pretty uh, pretty intense weekend. It is. We'll cover it. Oh, that's why you call it um, intensive, is it? Right. <laughs> what I have looked at so far will be in class for like 21 hours um, during that short four days, three nights. And That's awesome. So, yeah. So it, it's definitely cool. going to be intense. We don't have our chef yet, but we've got a couple of ladies that we're talking to. So we'll be doing all live raw food just like we do uh, at Heartland. And... So we'll be, you know, dealing with women's issues and, and in the power and the presence of other women and some of them who have already been there, done that, and come out the other side or are in the process of coming through it and being able to empower each other to feel safe enough to look at issues that maybe, you know, otherwise they've avoided going there. So that's mm, kind of what sweet. it looks like. Yeah. Nice, nice. So it's a four-day weekend that will start on the 15th of September? That's correct. And Michelle just said, so we're going to eat raw for four days. We're not going to juice. We don't have time to juice in just four days, three nights. So, no. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That will just be all fresh and raw. Awesome. The food program is awesome. Yeah. Very cool. And what's the cost going to be for the uh, the four days? For anybody that wants to do it, residents, they're going to come. It's going to be in Lansing, Michigan. Well, and, actually, uh, William, Williamston. It's right. at Michelle Pichet's home. And right. uh, it, we have space for nine residential, so they'll actually be staying there in the home, and along with Michelle, myself, and, and whoever is doing the food. So there'll be 12 ladies in the home, but nine residential people, and that's $600 for the, the four days. And then we're going to 
have space then for a few commuters. So there's some people that live close enough they could stay home and drive back and forth, and that's 525 for commuters. Cool. Sounds like And space is limited, so we need uh, commitment and uh, final payment by August 25th. And Michelle just wrote, Williamston is actually 10 miles east of Michigan State. So right up there with MSU. Yeah. Okay, so let's go to our caller. Sounds awesome. And, yeah, I'm excited about that. And thank you, Michelle, for pushing for that. So the first caller is 616. You're on the air. Who do we have? Uh, Hello, this is Maureen. Hey, there, young lady. How are you? Good. How are you? Wonderful. Doing well. Nice to hear your voice. Oh, uh, thank you. Um, I'm sorry I couldn't be on uh, yesterday, but I heard the archive, so uh, thank you for sharing that uh, Blessed Ray uh, Vision um, uh, offering. I thought that was very creative. Uh, uh, thank you. Yeah, the, the creative juices have been been flowing lately. So, um, there, it, yeah, it, it, there were two other ideas I, I wanted to uh, share. Um, uh, one is what I call uh, Rachma kisses. Uh huh. Uh, and you know that's just you know a, a, a activating you know your love and then bringing people to mind and you're kind of like kissing them with your activated love. Um, mm. But but you know I thought of that as just a a way to um, introduce you know even kids as young as two or three just to the concept of having um, you know a rachma activated for for everybody. I, I bet those two little girls love it when you do that with them. <laughs> oh, I, I I just got the idea uh, recently, but I've you know started to tell them things like you know um, you know sometimes I can hug you with my arms, but you know I can always hug you with my heart. So just kind of um, you know interjecting some of that kind of language, you know, um, and then I just started. To, you know, telling them, you know, like I, I see you as love, or I see the goodness, you know, in you, to kind of give them the, um, you know, other ways of saying I, I, I love you, um, and to like reinforce, um, uh, you know, that idea that you know they are love itself. Okay. Absolutely. Imagine with all the, uh, the craziness that's going on in the culture right now, if everybody involved had even the slightest inkling of bless Ray Vision, that, that they could perceive this situation through the presence of love in themselves and be able to actually send love to that situation. How, how different would the outcome be in these police stops that there's so much energy going around and the way that police are treated, the way citizens are treated, just, just the whole game. Uh, if, if we could just get that awareness to, um, 
the folks that are involved in those circumstances and situations. And, of course, the way that's going to happen is through critical mass, through enough people who take it to schools and put them to work and speak them, speak them to their children, speak them to their family systems, speak the ideas into their community, and, and giving people the, the hand up that goes, oh, I could do that too? How awesome. In, Great way in, to raise in, children. Yes, um, and, and uh, actually, on that note, Spirit has you know been striking me uh, with uh, divine inspiration to come up with a series of children children's books. Um, oh, cool! Of, um, you know, uh, offering um, that you know uh, as a way to offer this work to them. Um, you know, kind of using like um, animal characters, but the animal characters have different, um, you know, situations that happen, and then it's kind of like, you know, one character, you know, uh, walks another character, you know, kind of through the work, you know, identifying feelings and goals and, you know, breathing, you know, away and releasing the goals. So I, you know, I've have a couple of stories written and and lots of the ideas in in the pipe in the pipeline. Awesome! I look forward so to seeing I, them. Yeah, uh, awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, what, would you mind if I if I sent you a couple and, and got your thoughts? Oh, please do. Yes, I think oh, you've got my uh, email, so yes, please do. Uh, awesome. Yeah, and then uh, one other thing I had just offered to the support group that I, um, you know, they thought it was great. Um, so, um, and I wanted to you know, offer to you know, any parents listening. Um, what my girls and I do at nighttime is we start off saying what we're grateful for, um, and then we share one happy memory that happened that day. We talk about who we want to bless. Um, and then we, have uh, you know, uh, three affirmations. You know, I, I am enough. I am worthy. I am love. So we each say those. And then the very final thing uh, we say is, I cancel all goals, conscious and unconscious, just to kind of clear the, the 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 cash. You know, every night. So you know, just uh, offer. You know, even if you don't pray with your kids, to you know, uh, offer that up. For any um, anyone you know who likes that idea, it was really popular Sweet. in the support group. So I thought I would call and, and offer it on air. Awesome! Thank you. That's sweet. What a sweet way to bring the child up. Yeah. So, and I just wanted to you know say um, you know uh, thank you. There you know um, uh, going through the process. I've had you know light times and dark times, and in my dark times I. Want to you know scrap everything I'm doing because you know I I hit a new depth and feel like I'm starting all over in my work, um, yeah, you know the journey to to self love and then I you know uh, you know during a really dark time you were saying well you have to give it away in order to get it and that really you know helped me through that dark time so I wanted to to say thank you for that. Mm, nice. Nice. That's powerful. So, uh, Thanks for being such a creative, awesome mom. The world needs oh, moms like you. Well, uh, thank you. And if any of my ideas help others, then 
great. Very cool. Sweet. Are you uh, are you doing um, Bill Costantino's thirty day forgiveness challenge this this time around? Uh, yep. Uh, but we're uh, currently, I think we're um, about to wrap up, and we're going to be breathing on Sunday. Awesome. So, yeah. Very cool. So anybody that's in the uh, the uh, Michigan, the, the great state of Michigan, if you're in around uh, Grand Rapids. Bill Costantino has been doing a 30-day forgiveness challenge where he's bringing people together to work with the forgiveness tools once a week and uh, over a period of 30 days with the commitment to the group to uh, to really use the tools and producing awesome results. And maybe uh, we'll get Bill to uh, to join us, get on the phone, and, and share his experience of that and uh, maybe inspire others with uh, with his story of, what, uh, of what's happening as he's bringing folks together and supporting them that way. It's powerful. Yeah, it's a great opportunity to to build new um, healthy habits. Yay, yay. All right, well, thank you, Maureen. Appreciate your input. Appreciate you doing what you're doing. Wait, don't and go away. A, oh, wait. yeah, wait. Tim, Tom's got a, Tim's got a thought. Don't. Also, I just want to throw one other thought of, you know, that comes from the Course of Miracles. It says millions yet unborn will benefit from the work you do, and I love how you just keep doing it and doing it and offering that space. Tim, excuse me, go for it, sir. I just want to say, Maureen, that I look forward to your contributions every time. They're fabulous. I would be thrilled if you'd send me copies of the stories as you send them to Michael, and I'd love to have just that just what you said that you do with your children, just the three or four steps that you said. I love the idea of Rachma kisses for kids. So keep it going. It's a blessing to have you sharing, and your creativity is a blessing in my life. Uh, it, thank you, Dr. Tim. Uh, all of the wisdom that you share is it's a blessing and uh, for learn, inspires and um you uh, contribute to, um, you know, the creativity I get as well. So, yeah, well, much much mutual gratitude. Well, I'm glad to hear it. And you're, what you were saying earlier and saying about, you know, learning to love yourself or the self-love triggered the brain cells in me. I heard recently in an interview um, the woman who wrote the book Eat, Pray, Love, and she was talking about how weird it is that we have to try and teach self-love or building self-confidence. And she relayed the story of the first time the Dalai Lama, the current um, incarnation of the Dalai Lama, came to America. And, of course, it was a big thing, and reporters were all around asking all kinds of questions. And one reporter asked the Dalai Lama, what do you do in your country about this problem of self-loathing? And as she reported it, the story was that it took 25 or 35 minutes of interacting with the translators before the Dalai Lama could even wrap his mind around the concept. He had no concept of people hating themselves, loathing themselves. And I remembered... Then as I was listening to that interview, I was driving home from the Tuesday night group, 
and I heard that interview, and what flashed into my head was I was raised as a Catholic, kindergarten, grade school, high school, and college. And and as a Catholic going to grade school, six days a week we went to a Mass. We had a Mass said before every day of class started, and we all had to go on Sunday. And the thing that flashed in my mind when I heard that story about the Dalai Lama not even being able to comprehend self-loathing was in the Mass, in a certain part when I was younger, it was said in Latin, and the words were mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. And as we said that, we were to take a fist, one of our fists, and beat on our chest as we said what in English meant through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, I have hurt you, the Lord, etc., and that I'm not worthy. Every day, six days a week, we were programmed to say that and beat our chests, talking about how we weren't worthy and how we, through our fault we've created the problems in the world, and because of our fault Jesus had to be crucified, etc. And that all flashed together when I heard oh my gosh, there are cultures on this planet where they aren't programmed to hate themselves and think they're unworthy. And that just ever since Tuesday, it's probably part of what, what had me awakening today with such gratitude for tools to be able to, to consistently work when that comes up in my life, the negative self-thoughts, to dismantle them and say from a, a, a more kind of enlightened perspective, oh, this is just old conditioning, Oh, this was just those mistakes that the Catholic priests and nuns fed me. And it's not my true nature, and I don't have to live like that. And furthermore, I can apply the tool right now. I can breathe. I can cancel the goals. I can reconnect to my true nature as love, and one episode at a time lighten my load. So that's what got triggered in my brain when you were talking about your most recent sharing. So thank you, Maureen. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you. Um, yeah. I, you know, think that um, uh, we, 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 you know, we're not really programmed to um, love ourselves, especially in this country. And it might be a, a Western Christianity thing because, you know, we're taught that, you know how we are all sinners, and um, you know it was a, a huge welcoming revelation. You know to hear what sin meant in the Aramaic, and like just what a huge relief it was in my life to 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 hear that definition. Um, it, Same for me. Same for me. So yeah, and and what I really want to do is you know put in the hands of every six to eight year old you know the the counter conditional conditioning to say no you are worthy you are loved and you know um it, yeah and, and you know it's it's time for different uh, conditioning for for this new critical mass and and new paradigm that is is building. Yay. Powerful. 
You know, I, I worked a couple, a few years ago, Gene and I were out, and uh, a gentleman who's considered to be the uh, Buddha, of the confirmed reincarnation of the Buddha of wisdom, and he was sharing with me that um, when, they, when, when we taught him the, the Aramaic forgiveness process, he was sharing with me that uh, when they were in Tibet, they didn't need that. And uh, I think it ties in with exactly what you're speaking about, Tim. It's like there was no recognition of this self-deprecation and so it wasn't uh, forgiveness wasn't required. And he's like, and now that we're here in America, he says, I can see where we have to put that to work. That we need to uh, to wake up to who we are and uh, to live as this awesome practice presence of love that we're designed to be. And uh, it's just the insanity of the world. I just posted, I've been having some conversation with some folks on uh, on Facebook about the whole Dallas incident and the shootings and all of that. And where are the roots of violence? And one of the things that I posted is a, uh, a variation on the commitment uh, that Julie created uh, for her book, Healing Children, Loving Children. And so I had posted that with what would life look like if we had only ever heard this in our childhoods. And the name of the uh, the piece that she put together is Who Am I? So imagine yourself from day one, Tim, and I join you in that one with all the things we've been told. Imagine if the only thing we'd ever heard was this. I am somebody. I am bright, capable and lovable. I'm teachable and learn easily. I'm willing, receptive to truth and supportable. I'm a gentle listener and I am honest. I'm respectful of myself and others. I'm cooperative and responsible for my feelings and choices. I'm able to see the highest and best in myself and others and support that with my thoughts, words, and actions. I'm able to use time wisely. Time is valuable to me. I am the best me I can possibly be each day. I am somebody. I am love. How would it look if uh, if that were the the daily message that children were given? How would it look if everyone who went out to police our nation had been brought up with that? There's, I also posted at the same time, and if, if you're not connected on uh, Facebook, uh, a Facebook uh, connection, send us a friend request. is JM underscore RYCE. So what about the person who was taught as a child? And here's another variation on the commitment that Julie created in her book, Healing Children, Loving Children. And it's called My Promise to Others. I promise to trust you enough to tell you the truth. I promise to treat you lovingly, gently, and with respect in my thoughts, my words, and my actions. I promise to remember that being connected to love and being friends with you are the most important things to me. I promise to always hold love in my heart and reconnect to that love if you or I am not feeling loving. I promise to be open and gentle as we each talk about our painful feelings and join in healing them. I promise to listen, speak, cooperate, and be responsible for my realities. I promise to choose to get along with you and create a loving friendship. I will keep my promises to you. 
So imagine a world where that's what we were taught as children. That's what we saw our parents living. That's what we saw our neighbors living instead of mea culpa. How different could it be? So let's just do it. Let's just create a world where that's the the governing vibe. That's that's it. And so we appreciate everybody who joins in making that available. And, And, of course, the corollary to that is that if I've been taught something different than that, then that's where the forgiveness process comes in, that with forgiveness, I remove those other dynamics. Forgiveness isn't about I'm going to let somebody else off the hook because painful dynamics are moving in me, but rather if painful dynamics are moving in me, I apply forgiveness to remove that pain. How different could the game be? Let's make it available to every mind, heart, and being on the planet and watch the shift happen. Yeah, Any other thoughts for you, Maureen, or Dr. Tim? I, uh, I'll just say thank you and, and blessings. All right. Much appreciation to your heart. Yeah, I'll, I'll just echo that. I just kind of... Uh, as I As I think about the conflict and the suffering that uh that's going on in the world it resonates just some 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 grief and recognizing that none of this is necessary we could be handing these tools and just totally and completely change the game instead of a world with so much suffering going on and give every child the uh the silver spoon of knowing who they are and functioning as true human beings and taking everything to the next level of aliveness, of joy, of creativity. And there's that old saying that says it's never too late to have a happy childhood. That when we engage in the forgiveness process, we can go in and remove those dynamics and replace them with something much, much greater. So, Delighted for everybody that joins us in the project. So, Jeannie, do we have anybody in the chat room with anything uh, that we would be benefited by hearing about? Or is there anybody in the phone queue with a hand up? We have a hand up. Area code 905, you're on the air. Hello? Yes, hi. Oh, that sounds like Michelle. Hey there, young lady. Welcome. Hi, how are you? Hey, I'm rocking. Uh, that's great. That's great. I was listening to your show, and um, I've just had some thoughts coming up while I've been buzzing around, and the right. one that com- comes up for me, and obviously it's going to have to be a worksheet, but you're just even briefly listening to you, was um, not feeling loved. Like, I don't know like what it feels like to be loved, and that's something that I've struggled with a long time. It's like mm. um, I can remember even actually when I was in London, they put me in a CAT scanner, and you're only supposed to give them the answer with your mind, not any speech, and they asked me right. what what love how you felt love and I never felt like I was loved and then I went back to a time again where 
I was sitting on the porch with my mom, and she was saying that she was going to leave my dad or wanted to leave my dad, but the only reason she wouldn't or what would stop her is she'd be stuck with the kids. And there again, it brought up that sense of being scared, what's going to happen to me, and she doesn't want me, nobody wants me, and not feeling loved. Mm. Um that feeling comes up and I've found throughout my life I let people get so close and then I've had people comment, Michelle, you push people away. It's like, well, I feel like they only hurt me. I, But at the same time, I want to feel what love is, but I don't think I truly know what it's like when somebody says they love me. Like I know I'll say, well, what does that feel like? You know, when you say that, how does how does that feel? Like, what does love feel? Well, I can I, can I, uh, you're making perfect sense. Can I share with you? Like uh, me. Oh. I can share it externally to the world and people outside, but internally I don't feel love. Right. So how about just taking a couple of breaths and a time or two ago when we talked, you shared a memory of when you were quite small and you came and visited me in Toronto. And at time, that time I had my penthouse apartment and you were looking out over the city and I had just given you a stuffed animal and you were sharing how all of that felt for you. Right. If you tap into that, does that take you to That's, that space? Yes, it does. And I'm closing my eyes and I was listening to you. And I felt, yes. There it, it is. Took me. So that's what it feels like. Okay, so I've got to hold on to that feeling. Tap into that and hold on to that so I can keep that within me, right? You will. And also the emotional experience of that, of, of being in that space and let yourself expand on that. And what you'll find is that was a circumstance where you were able to experience who you were being acknowledged as love. You know, mm-hmm. we, we can't get our love from each other, but we can certainly stimulate that love in each other and be that space of support. Right. And as you do, that's what will grow in your world. Yeah, because the, the other thing with it was, like, I was never allowed to laugh and act silly and have fun and as soon as I did I was told to stop misbehaving and told to go stand in the corner so every time I started to feel that happiness and joyous and love and just that carefree as a child I was Mm -hmm. told to shut it down and go stand in a corner Mm. so it was like I 
new instruction set. Michelle, every time that silliness and that space starts to move in you, share it with the world. Mhm. Mhm. Because when I think of you talking to me about uh, the apartment, I was able to feel myself and again bounce on the bed and overlook the lights and. I wasn't told to stop or shut down. It was a good feeling. Yep. A happy feeling. So that's the experience of the truth of who you are. And, you know, sadly, people who don't have that experience or don't have a direct recollection of that experience, when somebody else is in it, oftentimes have to push it away because to get to that experience in themselves, they have to work through a lot of pain that's been put in the path, been put in the way. And so that's oftentimes why that's shut down in the child. And now that's the past. That's a story. That's something you lived. And yeah. it's it's your turn. It's your time to change the story. It's like, okay, I, I, now I'm finished with that one. I'm going to create a new story. Aliveness, joy, creativity, fun, silliness. Have you seen the movie right. Inside Out yet? Inside Out. Um, no, I'm not even sure if I remember the test. Oh, is that? I think I. Um, I think I remember seeing a commercial. Um, it's about emotions or something. Yeah, yeah, it's it's actually a, a Disney cartoon, perhaps one of the most important events in human history, because it explains exactly how the mind works. And in a way that the smallest of children can understand it, and it was a global event. You know, children all over the world got to see that, and even adults could understand it in seeing that movie. And one of the uh, one of the things that they they had in the film in the movie was Silliness Island, and they showed how that gets shut down and how to re-empower it. So you might want to, I don't know if you've got Netflix, I don't know whether it's on next Netflix or Amazon or whatever, but you might just uh, check around, and I don't I don't think it's in the theaters too much anymore. Occasionally it comes up as a, you know an old movie now because it's been probably a year or so since it was out. But you might right. want to uh, even, you know, get on get on the computer and order the movie and uh, and watch it with your daughter. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. And, you know uh, what, I, I'm going to do that 100% because now that you're talking about it, Mike, I can remember seeing the commercial and I called my daughter and asked her if she'd like to go with me. And she just said, oh, Mom, you know. <laughs> but now well, that we've Well, sit with her and watch it. It'll open yeah. a sweet space for both of you. It's It's awesome. I'm going to do that because she invited me over for dinner on Sunday, and I'm going to see. Maybe we can do that together. Great, great. You'll enjoy it a lot. You'll both learn a lot, and, you know, go for Silliness Island. It's awesome. Like, never okay. grow up. <laughs> All right, sweetie, we love you. I love you guys, and I love everybody that's helped and supported me, and thank you very much, and everybody have a wonderful, blessed day. Okay, you too, and I appreciate the work you're doing, Michelle. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Right, I'm sweetie. proud of you. Okay. Bye-bye. Hey, thank you, sweetie. Bye-bye. That's my niece, Michelle. Call. And uh, so it's, uh, 
it's always sweet to see a member of the family who taps into the work and really puts it to work in their lives. Jeannie, go ahead. Let's introduce our caller. Area code 781. You're on the air. Who do we have? Massachusetts. Hello? Hey there, young man. How do you be? It sounds like Ron. It's Ron up in Massachusetts. Hi, Mike. Mike. Hey, good. <laughs> it's nice to hear Mich- Michelle call you Mike. That's a different, uh, I guess, a different um, space from family. Different lifetime. I love it. Yeah. A different lifetime. <laughs> It was. I, I turned. I called in, and the first thing I heard was Michelle and her talking about uh, being in your apartment, or you, you know, talking with her about the experience as she recalled it, being in your penthouse apartment in Toronto, and her tapping into that space. And then um, I heard the words. I heard her say that you know it was appropriate. Like the goal would be to hold on to that. For her, and I just pressed one to get in the, the queue because what came up for me is something that I'm working with in my process right now. So what what came up for me was the idea of holding on uh, to that experience. And what I'm discovering is that when I hold on, when I attempt to hold on to um, that you know, a positive experience. What happens is that sometimes it becomes stale for me. And what I've done is I've made a kind of a subtle tweak, but a profound one for me, which is I, I be aware. I try to be aware of those states, and I try to be, develop curiosity about them, and and begin to attempt to use that curiosity with those states to develop a relationship. Um, with those memories and those states and tap in in that way. And and I have no idea what brain cells were, were stimulating for Michelle. Hold on might be exactly the right um, approach for her. Um, but what came up for me was that in, um, when I tend to hold on, I tend to, it tends to breed frustration in me. And when I get curious and I, and I coax and I invite and I, um, attempt to build a relationship based on curiosity with those events and trust, then, then it, it tends to take on a, a greater service to me. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And of course, it's the it's having something that we can key into to expand. And you know, the instruction there was to expand from there to recognize ourselves as the presence of love, and thinking mostly in terms of when we you know, invite people to do a love exchange, we start out with, okay, what is it? What experience can you go to that brings you to the strongest, most powerful, clearest love that you can? Intensify that, expand that, and then share that, extend that out to uh, to your partner in the love exchange. So the idea as opposed to, well, let's go back and try to recreate that or hold on to that would be more of, okay, so there's a place I can go to begin and then expand from there into that space of love until I just fully discover that's who I am and live that way 24-7, 365. Yeah, it reminds me of in why is this happening to me again when you talk about the love exchange or about holding a space of love and Richard asks, what if I feel nothing? And then you go on to explain to him that if, if you feel nothing, then that means that there's a lot of um, 
trauma going on as well. But I think another element of what can happen when we feel nothing is, is kind of our approach to attempting to to access that space. You know, if our approach is, is, is one of, you know, i got to have this or I'll fail if I don't get it or i got to have, you know, it, it, I think our approach to to that space, in my experience at least, you know, in the AA literature it says there's a, a big um, difference between a, a demand and a, and, a, and a simple request, you know, and to me I've found it to be a big, a big insight that if I'm, you know, a lot of my life I was taught to stand in a corner too in one way or another, and I was taught that if I don't do it right, I've failed. And so when I approach mm-hmm. some spiritual concepts with the attempt that, like, boy, i got to grab this and hold it off, screwed up. I haven't done Michael's work right, you know. So there's a bit of that in there for me to, to, you know, as, I, as I look at that and I approach that space now with more of an, an open hand uh, versus a, I've got to get this now. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah, that fits. And it sounds like maybe some worksheets around power person dynamics because though your power person isn't there to put you down, uh, it sounds oh like it just runs from an, an internal loop. That's and basically so nice You're describing what, what I'm doing 24-7 now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the I'm forgiveness right of I'm that right dynamic it carried within yeah, becomes key. And then the expansion, I know it's interesting in the Aramaic language, the word that's been translated as heaven uh, into the English actually could be properly translated as expansion. And so when we can, you know, it's kind of like that old story, when the camel gets its nose under the tent, it's not going to be long before the whole camel's in the tent. And so we can use that in a positive way, and that is I can tap into a place where I had that connectedness, like that experience that Michelle had, and use that to expand out from there into the whole truth of who I am and experience the fruit of that state of being in my life. Yes. And, and of course, and sometimes the power person dynamic is going to be what needs to be forgiven. Yeah, and I want to be clear that I, I'm working on me, you know, bouncing off of what I heard from Michelle and, and what, you know, working on what res- was resonating in me. And, and I, if she's listening, I want to be clear that I'm, I'm not, that I want to thank her for stimulating this in me and be clear that I'm not attempting to teach her at this moment. I'm, I'm trying to tend to learn myself that, uh, and I know the, um, that was a quick breath. Um, a lot of my personal development history is what I'm healing as well. You know, my attempts to apply kind of a rigid approach to healing, which is really one of um, power person dynamics perpetrated on myself as I tried to, you know, try to make myself good as opposed to heal. I have to. I have to do this right too. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, um, it's like an AA, they say we're not, well, I'm not sure I want to use that one, but it, I'm not a, I'm attempting to heal into my being, into my birthright, not not to fix myself and, and be good, you know, because the goodness is already there. It's just a matter of letting go of what's in the way of it. And I'm speaking this, uh, you know, my process is really active right now, so I'm kind of learning and speaking at the same time. Awesome. 
Well, I breathe with you. I join you in that state of healing and letting loose those old judgments and punishments from power person and uh, expanding into that state of pure presence of love that we're all designed to live from. And we are down to the last few seconds. Time has moved quickly, so we're going to have to close the show out. If there was another thought there, Ron, maybe we can start the show off with it tomorrow. And in the meantime, we'll just invite everybody to have the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. Blessings. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and myself, Jeannie Rice, as we present the Internal Aramaic Process of Forgiveness. We are here every Monday through Friday from 1 to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael, myself, or Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.why. A-G-A-I-N dot org. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.